creepy intro um welcome back to the imperial senate podcast i am your host charlie ashby who as of 40 minutes is now 24 what i don't know about you i'm feeling 24 because you're a whore as well yeah so birthday recording Happy birthday! Yes, indeed. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I'm just, I'm, I'm just walking around the place, drawing my, my stuff. It's gonna be <laughs> an hour long of cake eating. Just, oh, right. could you imagine? <laughs> I've, I've that would sound spe- really great. <laughs> <laughs> I just spent most of the day just thinking about having a, a slice of cake and a cup of tea tomorrow, and I swear to God, <sighs> something's in life. Oh, just worth it. That does sound <laughs> lovely. Um, but yeah, um, with me as always is my lovely co-hosts, Nikki and Claire. How you doing? Oh, not so bad. You know, <laughs> probably not as good as having my birthday today, but yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> also, <laughs> also I have the plague, so sorry if I sound like a toad. It's <laughs> okay. You can't see this, but Claire's wearing a plague doctor's mask. I am. Lo- That's what I'm I lo- usually wear, but it didn't work this time. So, I mean, I want my money back from the. So you, this is all the ludicrous things you're falling for, all the science shit. What the you have apothecary to do is, lied. I'm just saying. You, what you have to do is just rub loads of flowers around your neck, and ward the spirits uh, away. I forgot about that part. It's the miasma in the air. <laughs> 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 this is only funny if you like history and medicine. <laughs> um, I like neither. <laughs> <laughs> well, before we get started, I just want to say uh, a big thank you to all our listeners who listened to three and a half hours long of episode nine discussion and are jumping back in to hear more. Seriously, you guys are troopers. <laughs> mm-hmm. We got a lot of great feedback and we're so just happy. I know from, from my point of view, I was smiling a lot just reading some of the tweets we got. Um, yeah. And our Discord, we've set up a Discord um, if you want to join us, we'll post the link on Twitter and Facebook. Just jump in, join the conversation. It's Please. a lot of fun. Um, yeah, we've had a lot of fun just getting to know everyone, mm-hmm. making a community, and spreading the love. So again, thank you so much. But we thought this week we'll just you know continue to have the episode nine discussions going, and we've got a bunch of questions from fans. So. You guys ready? Yeah, yes. let's do it. Right, let's jump into the, the fire. That is episode nine. Um, well, kickstarting it off, obviously we have to rep the network. So what better way than having one of the Sapphic Skywalkers, Emma on Twitter at EmphasNest, has asked, yes, do you think it is likely that Rey will establish her own temple or make an older one new again? Hmm. 
Like she goes to an old building and just sort of spreads, gets some interior it's decorators. It's Jedi Order style. <laughs> What's those two guys called? Um, Chip the, uh, and Joanna. The Property Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> and Chip and Joanna Gaines. Yeah. Yeah. They're the fixer-uppers, right? They are the right. fixer-uppers. The Property Brothers They're the twins. are uh, Jonathan and, oh God, the other one, Scott. Jon- Jonathan like and the one who does here. all the work, right? Yes. <laughs> We're here on Tatooine. <laughs> I went into Coles. Sorry, tangent. I went into Coles the other day, and they have a line of like, like everything now. Like it seems like every HGTV show has like their own home line of like bullshit products. Mm. And I saw a scented candle, and it was not a big one. But it was for like $25 for this little scented candle because it had the stupid Property Brothers on it. And I'm like, why? Who is buying this? Coles, why are you marketing this? Okay, I'm sorry. Let's get back to Star Wars. <laughs> I just wanted to go on my rant. <laughs> there, there are questions I need answering. They are. <laughs> Who wants the... Okay, With all sorry. due respect, when you get to go home to Zoe Deschanel, I think you already won. Time out. Who's dating Zoe? Do- Wait, one of them's dating Zoe Deschanel? Yeah. What? Pretty sure she can do yeah. better. <laughs> <laughs> Shots shot fired, Property Brothers. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I'm, sh- I'm sure she. Let's is find it out. Property Brothers, or is it the other? This is this vital work. Let me okay? Everyone, calm the fuck down. <laughs> I, we'll, the real we'll Star, Wars Star Wars content you all came for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, John, Jonathan Scott. Oh, okay, and Drew's the other one. Oh, and Drew. Drew. Which one Jonathan, is the one that right. does all the work? I actually think it is Jonathan. Oh, okay. Yeah. Let's ask Zoe. Let's ask Zoe. She probably doesn't know either. <laughs> She's probably just dating both of them. <laughs> Remember, we talked about twins on Patreon. If you, if you guys want to hear our thoughts about twins, listen to our most recent After Dark episode on Patreon. We ask the real important questions about identical mm-hmm. twins. We had a lot of <laughs> questions about twins. And, we yeah. did. And we'll just leave it there. <laughs> but speaking of temples and establishing <laughs> them again. Yeah, um, back to the real point. I think it'd be nice if they... I feel like it'd be nice if she establishes her own temple because it's something that she's doing. Of course, she's got the Jedi text, so she, she's got a lot of reference for Acto. That might be nice to go back to the beginning again. Um also, it'd be funny because I like the idea of her like bringing all these people to the island, and all the the nuns are like pissed off. There's all these children <laughs> running around. Poor caretakers. Um, yeah. Sentimental wise, I would have said Coruscant. But I feel like the temple in Coruscant is a big, like, shining light towards what the Jedi are doing wrong. Yeah, it's bad juju. Yeah, literally, like it's like a, look at this fancy building. <laughs> We're in the scene. <laughs> Everyone's suffering. Slavery exists. I wonder if they're like Mormons and they like don't let people inside the temple. <laughs> like you're not welcome. You will not in this, come in. You may not house of worship. Do you think they also have like the Mormon stuff? Like you know how all there's like genealogical Magic sites are, like funded by Mormons. <laughs> no, not, not what I was say, but yeah, I, I suppose so. Like all these genealogical sites are like funded mm-hmm. by Mormons. So like if you put information in oh, there, all this the information, do you reckon like Ray has that? Yeah, yeah. Like 
to know if you're you're gonna have like a Jedi kid. Mm-hmm. How did you know? It's the Force, <laughs> and it's definitely not your private information. Give me your social security number. <laughs> what else? <laughs> what was the name of your childhood pet? <laughs> oh man. What do you think about the temples, guys? Hmm. I think one thing that we talked about a little bit on the last episode is I don't think that she's going to go about things the same way as it's been done in the past. Um, I don't see her opening a big Jedi school, but I think that reestablishing like Jedi places of worship, temple kind of things across the galaxy and having people openly discuss the force again even if they're not like jedi i think that would be really really Mm -hmm. cool so i don't know if i could see her establishing one in just one location but it would be really cool in my own head canon to see her go to many places in the galaxy both core worlds and uh (coughs) sorry guys outer rim worlds to do that yeah i like that idea i think i'm kind of the same where i'm not super convinced that she would start a temple um Still, I think, I, I don't know, I always think about that, the question of balance, and <laughs> just sort of not doing the same thing over again. I don't think she would do that. I think, I think, yeah, if there was like a a new thing, a new way of looking at the force and studying it, um, I think she would do that. But I guess to work within the, to work within that framework, but also answer the question, I, I think I would like her to sort of, yeah, start her own kind of thing. As opposed to just jump into somewhere else. Do you think she'll modernize it? Mm-hmm. I hope so. Like Wi-Fi and stuff. Like, <laughs> hi, <laughs> hi, I'm Ray. <laughs> Welcome to my masterclass. Everyone gets iPads. <laughs> <laughs> if you give this, if you download this trial of masterclass, you get to learn how to force heal. <laughs> the light and the dark. A TED talk. i wonder if there'll be like a subscription program and it's like if you pay double now you can take unlimited classes and it's like how to fly an x-wing by master (laughs) poe yeah you have to get the patron level you have to get like the high level to speak to force ghost (laughs) master yoda needs 60 pounds per month (laughs) Master Yoda only talks to top-tier patrons. <laughs> See, listen how bad my voice, my sick voice sounds. I don't do a good Yoda, and now I'm sick, so it's really not working. <laughs> Q&A videos I do every week. <laughs> don't forget to like and subscribe. Oh, my <laughs> the God. The smash it, you must. <laughs> <laughs> Kitty Mundy just want to get involved. <laughs> oh my god. Crazy fucker <laughs> Oh man. Bit of a dickhead. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that's our, our, our answer to that question. Um, let's move <laughs> <Yeah>. on. <laughs> uh, at the Mr. C Tech asks, What did you think of the score? Ooh. I'm going to start this off because I'm going to give the really boring answer. Um, I usually, like, there are really big key, like, 
musical cues that I pick up upon my first few viewings, but I need to like watch it a lot of times before I can really digest what's happening in the score. I'm very mm-hmm. visual and I feel like the music comes secondary to my like, you know, intake of the film. So I think I need a little bit more time to answer that one. Yeah. Give me just a little more time <laughs> and I'll tell you if I like a William. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, let me see. I think for me, there's there's some like really, there's some really nice music. I think the the track um, titled The Rise of Skywalker, I really enjoy. And I think it um, it really perfectly encapsulates the sort of the love of the friendship between that group. It just feels like very, I don't know, it really captures that. And then I think just in general, there's a lot of probably not as many callbacks as people were expecting. Um, but there are some really good ones. I think we, last episode we talked about the Attack of the Clones sounding one. Um, then the, I love the uh, music choice when Ray's in the, the Death Star 2 throne room. And it's sort of the, it's the music from it's the uh, yeah, Vader death. Vader, yeah, get the helmet coming off. Oh, cool. I thought that was really awesome. Um, so that was, I love those things. I think um, some people, I don't know, I feel like some people get underwhelmed when there isn't like this big, like fucking huge bop, like <laughs> Duel of the Fates or something like attached to one of these movies. Um, but I don't think that was like super necessary for this one. And I think the, I think John Williams, of course, as he does, um, finds a way to make each movie really special. And they're the sort of last, uh, the last track is, um, or the last sort of end bit when Ray's uh, burying the lightsabers, I thought was really unique. And it was almost like reminiscent of like hearing Jedi steps for the first time. Yeah, for sure. I re- the one I really liked was, um, but they are. <laughs> oh yeah. That was good. I remember that. For reference, this was the prequel track we were talking about. So crazy. Sorry, no one's answering my phone calls. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I really like the soundtrack. I thought there was a lot of great moments. I know loads of people, like you said, um, they didn't like the reuse of some tracks, but I thought one of the prequel one was just crazy and it really fit the scene, actually. Um, the Death Star 2. I might be biased because obviously Return of the Jedi is my favorite Star Wars film and I love everything about that film. But the music, when it started playing, when Ray went in there, just blew my fucking mind. Mm-hmm. I was like, I got goosebumps. It's the... Oh, so good. The, the slow, oh, I was like, and it's the uh, uh, boom. I was like, okay, goosebumps because I can just imagine. I, I just know what's going to happen next in the Return of the Jedi. Like I, I'm like, I can imagine just the the, the space battle. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there's a lot. Of, one of my favorite new tracks as well was um, dr- it was used in the trailers. Some of them, like the teaser spots, it was in the the light speed skipping. Uh-huh. And it's so John Williams, it's the Right. Does that make Yeah, I know exactly what you know what I'm about. 
yeah, yeah, yeah. He does. He did that a lot. I think in, um, or at least I noticed it a lot in fan, like Phantom Menace score, where it's like, yeah. how do you even like perceive this as like how do you create this music? <laughs> like it's just it's like there's no melody to it, but there's like it's just hitting you with instruments and uh, not not physically, but like hope not. <laughs> the sound, <laughs> the sound is just like it's just noise, but somehow it's like perfect. I don't know. It's so good. Yeah. It's such a great way of having so much energy in that sequence. Mm-hmm. And you need it for that sort of fast-paced sort of chase. And it was just so great. And so Williams where it goes up and down. But you never feel like it's out of balance. You always It always feels right. Right. So I'd say that, as per always, John Williams has done an amazing job. And I think the sequel trilogy has overall been really, really great soundtrack wise Mm -hmm. yeah there's some really amazing um renditions of uh ray's theme as well throughout they really change it up and i well i will remember this musical moment i'll just throw this out there is that um the kylo ben turning to the light side when they're Mm -hmm. when they do that like light side version of his theme and have like the battle ray version of his theme like entwined with it that was so mm-hmm. cool. That was beautiful. Yeah. I I don't know how he's made such an amazing, menacing theme and turned it into something so f- full of hope. Yeah, he made it like heroic. He did, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's so good. Um. Yeah, it's such a, a brilliant use of the that thing. There's also a really great use of he he changed up the Empress theme when the First Order are chasing them through the um. At the beginning of the film, oh, when yeah. the light speed skipping just before the fast like, when the first version. Order chasing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like a really cool, like a. Yeah. I was like, oh, I love this. It's so cool because now you got it's the first order have this extra menace because now you know they're being, you know, promoted by Palpatine. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's so good. John Williams is, is the best. John Williams is the man. So it's, one YouTuber it's so said insane. <laughs> it's so insane that. Um... It's like it's gonna be his last one, and it's sad, but also like one of the like standout achievements in filmmaking. I don't know, like I don't know what other people you can say did nine different versions or like nine scores of the same series. Um, you know, for the past forty-two years, it's it's an like an insane achievement. And not one of them are bad. Every single soundtrack is just beautiful. Yeah, it's, his work is never in question. That's for sure. Okay, next question. Um, this is from at Sococast T, who asks, have we done anything meaningful in this trilogy? Shots fired. He wants to jump on that first. Uh... <laughs> Um. Yes. <laughs> yeah, this is a difficult. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It feels like a, it feels like I don't I don't know you, Sako Casti. So I won't try to you know put words in your mouth. But I don't know. This feels like one of those questions that sort of like they know what they want to <laughs> like. They know the point they're trying to make with the question, but isn't really like from a good place. I don't know. I feel like sometimes you can have stories that 
it's nice to just delve yeah. back into that world again. I don't think that's the case with this, these films. I feel like obviously it's a it's they're here to make money, but so are all the Star Wars films. Yeah. So is any movie, I... essentially. Yeah, so is any movie, any, anything. Like <laughs> it's. I think. I think that there is meaning to this trilogy. I think it is quite interesting to see uh, the ramifications of fascism and an evil threat that was once gone continue to sort of, you know, continue in the dark, inspire the youth, um, brainwash and using propaganda to get people on board and to actually see that evil be defeated was, you know, pretty great, I think, and pretty timely for this generation. Um, Personally, I feel like it was nice to see what happened to Han, Luke, and Leia from a biased, like, like, spoiled point of view. I just went to see more stories of them, and I wasn't disappointed by any of their stories. Um, And meaning, it's always... I feel like there is never a bad time to tell a story about hope. And I don't think that the trilogy shits on Return of the Jedi in any way. It just adds more hope to the galaxy. And that's always a good thing yeah. in my book. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's like a... It's a question that, you know, is probably just more depending on, like your own perspective. <laughs> like, if you don't care about yeah. what this trilogy did, then I guess no. But, like, I think if you do, then I think there's a lot. You're like, yeah, it, pretty much everything you just said, there's a lot to find meaningful. There, I think the main character of the trilogy went on a really meaningful journey about identity and, and who you believe you are and whatnot. And, um, and I think, yeah, I think it's, it's always... It's, it's a cool story to revisit that um sort of like you i guess even though this trilogy did sort of end it um it was a good reminder that like evil evil will always be around um and sort of the fight never really stops and even though we thought the last generation may have like like wouldn't it be great if in our world war was over after world war ii it's like hey we solved it (laughs) yeah we're good um and i think it's a good reminder of that reality that um yes the last generation you know fought the big fights and did all these big deeds but you know it's not it didn't end there and you know you all you have to be able to to act in your own moment when when evil is at the door what I'm choosing to take from this trilogy as and from the whole saga is the prequel trilogy is the Jedi at their most arrogant the, and their most blind to the actual ways of the Force. You know, Luke talks about their hubris allowing Darth Sidious to rise. In The original trilogy, we still kind of deify the Jedi, even though they were kind of wrong, and they still didn't understand the Force. Luke didn't understand the Force and its true nature by the end of Return of the Jedi, although he was really powerful and a hero. And I think that this third trilogy is 
I, you know, is about balance and finding the light and the dark and (coughs) – sorry, guys. And um, I think one thing to take away from it is that the force – this trilogy, at least to me, embody – like, it showed how the force is the most powerful element, not the wielder, not whatever. I think that this one is finally – it's like most extreme – Jedi are badass to least uh, – I can't say that. It's most arrogant to least arrogant Jedi, you know? It's – it's we're finally mm-hmm. grounded and the Force is the all-encompassing factor. It's not the Jedi. It's not the wielder. It's down to the basics itself. I think that you could say that about the sequel trilogy. Mm-hmm. That sort of strips back everything. Yeah. Yeah, it's like in both terms of the force and also the politics. It's like complacency is an issue. You should never sort of be complacent, and like you should always, you know, fight for what's right mm-hmm. because you know we always need hope in the galaxy. It's not nothing is ever just done. And I feel like as well a lot of I think the last year does a really great job as well at showing that neutrality isn't. Always the best way to go, either. Yeah, and I think in fact it's like also from a personal standpoint. Um, I feel like the way it's all sort of developed for my life is like the original trilogy made me love Star Wars. The prequel trilogy came out made me experience Star Wars with you know like theatrical releases and everything, toy launches, and then um, the sequel trilogy helped me understand Star Wars better um, just by who I was when they came out, how old I was, the lessons they reinforced and whatnot. So, so I mean, yeah, like for me, this, this trilogy has accomplished several meaningful things. Um, and it like, it's even just on base levels of it being more diverse like the the central cast is more diverse, and you know that's meaningful to a lot of people. So I think it definitely accomplished those things. Um, I don't know if the I don't know if that's like the angle of the question, or if they're from more sto- more a story standpoint. But I think you can you can find a lot that's meaningful with the sequel trilogy. Yeah, I think for me the original trilogy was the story of Luke Skywalker and Darth Vader. In terms of like you know the, the core, the crux, the Skywalker saga, the tragedy, the you know the whole of that, and then the prequel trilogy, obviously the core story is just to be how did he become? How did Anakin become Darth Vader? Uh, the sequel trilogy to me is what is the legacy of the Skywalkers, uh, which I feel like is kind of like set up in the prequel trilogy, and the answer is finally answered in the sequel trilogy. Um, which I kind of like, you know, I think it, it does a good job at fulfilling a promise. Okay. Next question. Uh, we have at the real Ian co who asks, are there any Jedi you wish you heard in the movie? Yaddle. Mm. <laughs> 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 oh man. Let me tell you, I was 
I was hyped beyond belief the moment I heard yes. Freddie Prince Jr. So honestly, because Kanan's also my favorite Jedi, so hearing Kanan kind of gave me exactly what I wanted. Yeah. I don't know if I have an answer to this question, um, except for just something silly like, like Kit Fisto. Like Kit Fisto. <laughs> All the best that I You're like Ray, get up, Ray. <laughs> Smile. Come on, man, get up. <laughs> We're going to Barbados after this. What about you, Claire? Um This is about to be So was um was Plo Koon one of the voices? No. That would be my honorable not, no. mention because I love Master Plo. He's so good. Yeah, that it's a great so voice good. too. Very, I you know what? I should have known because little, it's so distinctive. I would have remembered that. Mm-hmm. Rise, Rose, I can't do it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I went the. Uh, well, I, I don't want to tell you. You can. <laughs> <laughs> I tried though. That's what, was, that's what the super <laughs> told me. Always try. Um. I, I wanted the uh, the Rebel Chicken version of Yarrow Poof. <laughs> Good pick. Jeez, he's back again. Get up, Ray. <laughs> no. <laughs> Ray, can I park your car? <laughs> I'm going to get out of here. <laughs> uh, no, seriously, I, I, um, I was really glad to hear Ahsoka and... You know, hear hear Kanan as well. I think if I could pick any Jedi, who would I pick? It might it might have been cool to hear Cal, but I didn't want you know like that suggests that you know I don't want to. Who else? Any everyone? Can I just say everyone? Every Jedi apart from <laughs> Yadi Mundi? <laughs> Nobody wants to hear from you, Yadi Mundi. Count Dooku, <laughs> I changed my mind. My cat is very offended. He heard you. What? You said Count Dooku. Oh, I changed my mind. No. No, Count Dooku like says that. Oh. Like he's become a Jedi. You're again. right. Okay. Sorry. I didn't. I didn't say. That. Yeah, I think. Offended. Um. I <laughs> what have I done? I've just promoted him. Sharpening its claws. Um. Not like no offense if if your favorite Jedi is missing, but I think they kind of did a great job at giving us everyone who mattered. <laughs> like I can't think of another Jedi voice who's like, oh man, they really should have put that person in. It would have been funny if they had them, um... like Coleman Trevor. <laughs> <laughs> like, what are we gonna do? Okay, here? It, this is my official answer. I'm gonna die. Shaggy. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Two D Clone Wars. <laughs> hey Ray, you gotta get up, man! Thanks, <laughs> Ray. You're really freaking me out. Go. We gotta, we gotta snap. Ray, you have to rise. <laughs> oh my god, I can't. <laughs> oh man, well, I'll answer that question. Sorry, um, <laughs> Ian. Um, I think in general, pretty satisfied with the list they gave us already. I would say so. Minus Yaddle. No. And pl- and uh Aparensis. Minus it. Mm. Um I know I did like there's something put a joke about um Quinn and Voss turning up two days late. 
<laughs> which is That's great. That's good. Um, next, next question. Uh, there are always deleted scenes on the DVD. What cut or extended scenes are you hoping for? Mine would be Nine Nuns' death. At least let people know he died. Snark cast one. Well, first of all, Nine Nun didn't die. Okay. Refuse to believe it. Well, he, we don't see it in the film. It didn't happen. That's why. Nope. Uh, sure that's why Salacious Crumb is still alive because we didn't see it in the film, so it didn't happen. Exactly. What? Are you agreeing with me? <laughs> oh my god. They, they, I'm going to yeah. put this date in writing. Okay, this, Charlie's birthday, it, his 24th birthday. He finally agreed with Claire on the terms of Salacious Crumb. Let me also mention yeah, <laughs> a character they tried to do this to that um, I refuse to accept because. He has great meaning to me. They tried to do this shit to Hobby, the the pilot, where um, they tried to like, they were like, oh, well, I guess there was like some sort of deleted scene that wasn't even really a deleted scene. There's like raw footage of him getting blown up. So we're going to canonize that and make that that he died. I'm like, no, <laughs> you ain't pulling that shit on me. Um, he, he didn't die on screen. I don't give a fuck. Um Picture so, didn't happen. Yeah, same thing. Yeah, same thing here. I'm like, no, I'm not. First of all, I'm not having Brian Young tell me that Nan Num's dead. I'm gonna kill myself if that's the case. <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> <laughs> that that went probably too far, um, but. Yeah, no, it's I've seen that movie so many times. Tantive Four gets fucked up like every other ship, but there's no final explosion. You are not telling me he died. If you want to go on believing for the rest of your life that he died there, that's cool by me. But no, he didn't die there. End of story. So you're gonna need a new clip, snark cast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It didn't happen. From my point of view, I, I actually spoke Mike Quinn on Facebook um, who basically said this. Okay, you ready? You ready to so hear ready. this? Okay. So, to all the lazy interweb news feeds who blindly copy one comment and try to make clickbaits out of it, Nine None Lives. There's not a single piece of evidence to suggest otherwise in the final movie. He's piloting Leia's ship from the first Star Wars movie that carries the Death Star plans, the Tantive Four. It gets zapped with Palpatine's electricity, as does Poe's X-Wing and everyone else's craft. Then later Poe's dates were back online. There's no explosion of the Tantive Four anywhere, which is the standard storytelling convention in these movies. We even see a <laughs> ship looking like the Tantive Four coming in to land above the trees at the end. So please... No more messages asking me if I've seen the dozen of reports or what I think. This is my opinion, especially after three viewings. If Lucasfilm decide nine is toast, then so be it. But we didn't see it. Show it or it didn't happen. And then he follows up with, I have a long-winded tale to tell about nine's adventures and whether he was going to make it or not. At one point, he was supposed to be firing the laser cannons on the Falcon. I forget who said it, but there are three versions of a movie. The one you write, the one you film, and the one you edit. That is certainly true here. Halfway through filming, they shot the end celebration. At that point, Nine was supposed to have sacrificed himself for the cause. That's why it's not seen there. 
I had a chat with JJ about this a while before we filmed the Tantive scenes. He explained they need some sacrifice and even his friend Greg Gromberg was going to bite it, but he swore me to secrecy. I was happy with that and going out here I seemed a fitting end. In the penultimate edit, there was even a shot of the Tantive going down or whatever, apparently. However, it was removed in the final cut, so that explains the ambiguity we are left with today. And then um, I asked him the question of, will you be disappointed if it's added to the novelization, or will you just go by movie canon? And he said, well, the, new, the novel and movie are two different things. There's been discrepancies in the past. And, um, yeah. So. Yeah, and movie always takes precedence over novelization. Yeah, I agree. That's, that's the Pablo rule. So, um, so yeah. Again, if if people want, if it makes people happy to to discuss his death, go for it. But I will, I will very blindly be sitting here shouting it didn't happen. <laughs> as as for deleted scenes, uh, anything with Rose Tico, more Rose Tico, please. Yes. Oh yeah, for sure. Because there's allegedly a whole bunch of them, right? That um, they shot a lot of stuff with her and Leia. Allegedly, yeah, uh, definitely. Um, and there's the scene with Ray and Rose that was cut, right? Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know if I have like many specific requests for deleted scenes, um, extended scenes. I'd like to see more of the battle. I always hear more about. Um, I think even Kelly Marie Tran talked about like extensive battle filming scenes. Well, um, there was, um... and just a lot of that got cut. I know Dominic Monaghan said that there was an extra bit. And I saw on the second viewing, I actually paid attention. You actually see Connick's get shot in the leg and then it cuts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and apparently there was an extensive yeah. version of that where they have to carry her. And then there's the bit in the trailer where they shout Rose. Um, yeah. And they're like carrying her off. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I suppose there's a bit more on that, but yeah, anything with mm-hmm. Rose Tico, honestly. I will say um, my one thing that I would like to see more of it's Babu Frick so give me all of the Babu Frick deleted scenes <laughs> give me a whole like Babu Frick movie or miniseries that's cool go on our like droid splicing adventures I'm down hey hey <laughs> hey like, I'm so why am I trying to do voices <laughs> I like have a frog voice right now it's not sounding good <laughs> I would, would add as well, sometimes with deleted scenes, I like stuff that I just don't know about. Like, I remember when the uh, the Kylo Ren on the Falcon scene was released. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, didn't even, I didn't even think of that. I, mean, I was like, cool. <laughs> yeah. I think that's that's sort of the fun thing. I, like, I want to be surprised as well uh, with those. Um, it'd be really boring if we could guess all the deleted scenes. <laughs> uh, but yeah. I, I'm trying to think if there... I'd love... Um, Another thing is I would love more I wish I wish there was more montage to that opening of Kylo sort of like chopping his way through stuff and sort of going on a, a bit of a treasure hunt as well. I think, I'd like to see I more think of that. There is. I think that will be one of the deleted scenes because apparently um I think Richard E. Grant and uh oh, I've forgotten people's names. Jesus Christ. Donald Gleason um said they filmed on Mustafa, so Ooh. Wait, well, give me JJ, give me, <laughs> give me that fucking Mustafa, please. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, um, that's all. Yeah, that's all. I can sort of think of that. Uh, at Joey Jow says, "What's next for the Resistance?" Mm. Probably not much. I got nothing to do resist against. Go home. Eat a sandwich. Retire. <laughs> uh, maybe Again. join the new new Republic Navy if you still feel like you've got some. <laughs> Want to run some drills? You know, clean up the scraps of the first yeah. order. You need the structure. Yeah, seriously, I would I would suggest that. Obviously, the the, the resistance. Obviously, a lot of them are just normal people, so they might go back to their normal lives. But hopefully, they help form a government that isn't as bad as the New Republic, and they fix the problems. And hopefully, sorts of the you know crap and out. Although I'm, I'm, hopefully, no one does anything bad ever again. <laughs> in the future. Yeah. And spoiler alert: I hope Wedge goes back to his farming and multicolored plates and his little farmhouse out in the country in the middle of nowhere. I hope he goes back and he starts his dish collection up from scratch. Yeah, plant, plant a tree, tree for stamp. stamp. Yes, for sure. No, I was like, how? Where is he? <laughs> Awkward. Um. Yeah. But um, I think it would be cool. I tweeted about this actually the other day, and I tweeted a bit more today. I think it would be cool to have like a spin-off, which is just Connix and Rose and Janna, or an adventure to like bring down the remaining parts of the First Order, and also the One Percent aftermath. Aftermath, blah, aftermath two part one. But like, but like, <laughs> actually on screen. I want to film. Yeah. But like, do it right. I want them to be like, we're gonna fucking bring down the first order, and not only the first order, but these fuckers that funded it. Like they go. Back. I want Rose to like run a co-op <laughs> on Kentobite. Exactly. I want her to be on top of a Fafia with two machine guns just shooting. Um. Okay. Yeah. It's a bit too far. <laughs> I mean, we can start there. Yeah, free boom, <laughs> free boom boy. That's a hash. That's a hashtag. Not a bad one at that. I feel like nobody could argue that one. Yeah. Like Anakin, like Anakin's goes is like, we need to free the slaves. <laughs> yeah, it makes you wonder. Like, it's it's you know the expediency of the ending, where we just sort of see. I don't know, three Star Destroyers crash around the galaxy. Um, it, yeah, it makes you wonder, like, what all the, um, you know, what the remnant cleanup job will be, how the how the underworld is, is operating after all this. It's like, it's one of those things where it's like the, how do you make sure that the, the same thing doesn't vacuum, happen baby. again? Or is that... Inevit- is that inevitable? <laughs> yeah, because like they got centrist worlds that were first order, and they got some centrist worlds that didn't know they were first order. Um, so that's interesting, political wise. I'd love like a book like sort of bloodline that deals with it. Um, but also, I, I I think a TV show could fit. In I think a really good political Star Wars TV show would be good. West Wing. Mm-hmm. West, written by George. <laughs> yes. I think I think another question also is like narratively where do you draw the line? <laughs> like is it just going to be more like when is the end <laughs> if there is an end? Cuz it's like they they want to say this was the end, but like obviously we're just sitting here brainstorming 
TV shows <laughs> that they could do. So it's like it won't, it won't, it won't feel like the end anymore. brainstorming ways for us to um, give them more money. So I mean, right. To quote uh, it's just, Dr. Manhattan. It feels like you have to draw the line somewhere. Like, <laughs> to quote Dr. Manhattan, nothing ever ends. So. No. There you go. I heard he's the new CEO of Disney, so that works. Dr. Manhattan. <laughs> yeah, he is, yeah. He knows what the, the films <laughs> how much the films will cost and how exactly. much they are. <laughs> I'm here. I've just <laughs> greenlit Toy Story Six. <laughs> I know it'll fail. I'm dead. <laughs> I'm also oh, being God. born. <laughs> Um, yeah. So, uh, next question comes from at Ben Newton underscore one, who asks, what have you made of the things that have been finding their way out of Chris Cherio's brain in these interviews lately? Ooh, uh, full disclosure. I've not kept up with all the things coming out of Chris Cherio's head. I have not either. Oh no. <laughs> um, there was one in particular that I, that I saw that, Made some people mad, but I thought was was like kind of nice, and um, just the notion of leaving some things for the audience's imagination. I think that's for me. I appreciate that there there's sometimes things that I don't need yeah. spelled out in every single way. Um, for example, this is what he like, said about um, Ray being the granddaughter. He said. Um, when asked why they chose to change Ray's parentage after it was seemingly established in The Last Jedi that she was a nobody, Terio said, We weren't convinced that it had been cleared up, because there's still this highly troubling vision that Ray had in Episode 7, which is the shot with her parents leaving the planet. He went on to explain that they thought it would be too easy for Ray to be a nobody, because she had been longing for her parents for so many years. I mean, I, I agree with his notion of there can be something more. Um, but I think I like sort of talked before, like I disagree with the the yeah, way I they agree. chose to address that. But I think it's fair it's fair to to say to think about that vision from Force Awakens and say, oh well, there could still be something to that. Um, but I I again I don't super like the the answer they gave. But like that doesn't bother me either. Um, I did like this this thing he adds up. He says, um, "We think of Star Wars as a fairy tale: two twins. One is sent off to be a farmer, and one is sent off to be a princess. Ray is kind of both. She becomes a junk trader on Jakku, but she's also royalty. She's the she's the descendant of the Emperor. She's essentially a princess of the dark side. Which, by the way, that's so fucking cool. Um, <laughs> this goes back to so many stories. Moses, for example, was a commoner raised as a prince." The whole concept of is really mythologically strong to us. She's inherited this power, but ultimately chooses to transform her lineage and decides her ancestors are the Jedi, basically. Mm-hmm. I like that. Okay, the bit, I think, yeah, I think the big issue that people were having with Terrio and a lot of stuff, like some of the stuff he says about like Rose and like blaming things, I think he's just putting his foot in his mouth. And I, I feel like to an extent he's being like, you know. He's the person they've sh- shoved out to sort of arch <laughs> the fall guy. The fall, he's the fall guy. Um, and as someone who liked the film, I I didn't think a lot. A lot of the problems I had weren't really of the script. I think a lot of it was to do with editing and the pace. 
Um, so, and, and it's the same thing with Avengers, where people are like, oh, why do people keep talking to fucking the Russo <laughs> brothers? It's like, because they directed the film, the popular film that everyone's talking about, and you're asking the questions because you're a journalist, and that's <laughs> the point. That's why you're here. It's like, <laughs> what do you want? What do you want him to talk he- about? So Chris Cherry, you just wrote the final <laughs> part perfect, of Sunday. the biggest Star Wars franchise ever. <laughs> How are you? <laughs> yeah, I think like there's a. It's just because everything I feel like is so tense right now. <laughs> like for me, I appreciate these things, but I like them with distance. Um, and like where you can sort of look back and have a little more perspective on. I don't need because I remember this happened in like Force Awakens too. And I guess Last Jedi as well, where it's like you see the movie and then like all of a sudden there's this like extended interview with the the writer or whatever. And it's like there are things I, I want to sit with longer. I think even I'm sure they would want to let breathe longer before jumping into all that. Um, and I think like it, a symptom of that is when there are things that are maybe a little more contentious or people have like disagreement with, everyone's just ready to pop off on it faster so like i don't think he's saying anything necessarily bad in any of these um i think he's giving the honest answer it's probably just not an answer people want to hear at the moment kind of like a read the room kind of situation um but it's like it is what it is i think i'd rather i'd rather get these interviews you know a few months from now but that's what it is. It's also one of those things as well where it's like there is a lot of bickering and like, aha, well, he fucked up, so we're going to jump on that. Like, it's like one of the things mm-hmm. he said was that, and, and to be fair, like, I get it. He said one of the re- key reasons that JJ and him wanted them to be on tattooing the ghosts at the end and just the twins was because he felt like it, it was the. Like Leia never really got the chance to be on Tatooine, and it's the first time they were on Tatooine, and everyone's like, well, Return of the Jedi. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Which is like you know a very fair point. They're both on the same fucking planet for like <laughs> it was strictly business. Yeah. <laughs> um, but at the same time, it's like okay, well, don't jump Danny's throat. Like they couldn't have fucking showed up on all the ones, right? <laughs> yeah. Like Ray couldn't bury it on fucking um, what's it called? What's that planet called? They were born on Polymassa. Poly- yeah, Polis Massa. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Ray in a spacesuit, just like jumping around the moon. <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> I'm Ray Uber. <laughs> so yeah, I feel like oh, it, it's a very pent up, aggressive moment at the minute. So yeah, I think they tried the best they could. If you don't agree with the writing, that's fine. If you don't agree with Chris Terrio, I wasn't a big fan of how he talked about the Rose Tico scenes and how. I think he like apologized because the way it was written sounded like he was blaming ILM, which you know isn't great. But he apologized. I didn't, I didn't get that at all. I didn't. I didn't see that as throwing the blame on ILM. I think yeah, he had, he made it, he put an apology out to Vulture, so he obviously felt. I oh, did it really. Yeah. Oh, okay. But um, you know. It's just one of those things. I feel like it's not really a big deal. Also, I love the fact that he made himself the voice of Aftab Akbar. So if he ever wants to return, <laughs> <he'll be back. laughs> 
Hey. Um, yeah. Adventures of Aftab. Okay, next question. Um, at our, oh, it's our beloved editor, Emna, uh, our video editor and website editor, uh, Emna, who says, who of the main three visits Coruscant and ends up eating at Dex's diner first? That is, that's a real question. Yeah, Poe. I vote Ray. Oh. Here's, oh, that's really funny because I actually have, um, I have two different answers. Um, <laughs> if, if they are together, I don't feel like Finn would go to Coruscant because of his, um, because of his stormtrooper background. But if all three of them, if he got dragged to Coruscant by somebody else, he would be the one suggesting we go to Dex's diner. However, if they're there on their own volition, I think that Ray would be the first one to go back. But I, yeah, I feel like she could dig some diner food. I have like, I think uh, a few things. So like for Ray, I like the idea of her sort of traveling the galaxy for a bit with her yellow lightsaber um, and blah, 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 and just sort of sort of living free. And then also one of my favorite sort of memes from <laughs> that sort of generated out of the sequels is like, Ray is always hungry. <laughs> <laughs> I just like the idea of her like, Needing a snack on these adventures and I am right. going to the diner, I am also just ordering, you know, just ordering a table full of food. BB is <laughs> just watching her, and she's like, mm, "You want some?" Well, medicine? what do you know? <laughs> I like the idea that if they do go back to Coruscant and make that the capital, because Hosnian has gone bye bye. I like the idea that uh, Senator for Yavin Four, Poe Dameron. <laughs> doesn't eat at a fancy place. He goes. He, he's he's still down to earth. He goes to eat at Dexter's diner. I like that too. Yeah. I dig it. Well, what do you know, <laughs> Bo <Bo-Dameron. laughs> Um. Okay. Cool. Uh. Next question. We've got how much control do you think Palpatine had over Snoke? Was just rewatching the Last Jedi and was wondering whether most of Snoke's words or actions are his own. Or if he's literally a puppet on a string. And that's from at Vuvuzela23. Yeah, this is something I'm having a hard time figuring out myself. Um, Because, yeah, there's there's moments where Snoke seems so... um, Like, he has his own agency kind of thing. Uh, And I, I think, you know, there's... Obviously, there's a way that it works. Um, I'm just not sure what it is, honestly. I think it's really tough. It's it's hard. Yeah, it's hard to imagine the the pickle jar full of <laughs> Snoke's like being that as interesting as he is in Last Jedi. Um, but yeah, it's it's hmm, it's interesting to think about. But I I'm still sort of baffled by it. Claire, I just think of. The Palpatine quote right at the beginning of Rise of Skywalker, the where he jumps between voice actors and is that I that saying that he was all the voices in Kylo's head, which just makes me think that mm-hmm. he's on the he's dancing on the marionette strings. Um, but then again, Sith tend to I feel like the Sith tend to tell the truth in general. Mm-hmm. They sometimes do it in a shifty way. Um, but I think that Snoke was probably pretty tied on a string to and dancing. 
He was Ted Danson. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was Ted Danson. I I kind of wonder what like if the Snoke we know from the movies is the first Snoke or like was he like the third Snoke and like the first one came out of the tube and like tripped and died and then they're like <laughs> okay, okay, boot up the second one. Boot okay, up the let's ugly see. One. What, let's see what's coming. He was supposed yeah. to be really hot, but this one didn't have enough time to incubate. <laughs> it was supposed to be Ted Danson. It was supposed we to be got Ted the bad Danson. batch. That's <laughs> <laughs> probably even supposed to be Ted Danson. <laughs> Every template is ninety nine. Everyone doesn't know this guy's name. Oh God. Um, I, I personally feel like it, it's Palpatine. Like he, like it literally is Palpatine, like possessing the body, sort of thing. Because before anyone gets crazy, like Claire said, I've been every voice you've ever heard inside your head. He also says in the in the uh, the Kylo Ren, no, the Snoke comic. If it wasn't for your uncle, if I had no, if I had your uncle by my side, I would have been ruling the galaxy ages ago. Which suggests mm. that you know, palps, palps. Also, a lot of a lot, I've seen a lot of people say this. They go, "Well, I don't think it could be Palpatine because that means he has to be acting all that time." I'm like, the dude acted as someone else for three films. <laughs> <laughs> like, Senator Palpatine wasn't like the whole the whole nice dude was an act. I think he's used to mm-hmm. that. So I I I don't see why that's any different. To... He plays the long game. Yeah, and also like the whole cloning thing, like he. If only he had been chilling out with the Kamin Owens for, like, God knows how long. Yeah. It's always been a cool um, touch as well that the Emperor's theme plays when, when Snoke lifts Rey into the air. Exactly. Yeah. And, he's like, and he's like, give me everything. But I'd, I still, I think in my ideal story that I write, version of the story that I would have written, um, Snoke wouldn't quite have been as much of a creation of Palpatine as he is. Um, I like, I like the idea of them being like, uh, like Snoke being somehow subservient to him, but not exactly him. Uh, I think it just sort of made that character feel smaller to me. Well, I, I also like, I also feel like he, he, he could just be a clone devised given the backstory, like the clones and obviously the, the, the clone troopers. Um, so he actually generally has his own uh he actually has his own goals and an idea of what he wants but really he's just being controlled by palpatine that's always that could also be the case which i think would be also interesting because mm. then yeah that that would probably be more closer to what i think i think the idea that palpatine was like speaking for him for him like in that moment in the like throne rooms and stuff that doesn't quite ring true to me. Um, I also, yeah, I think there's, yeah, but I also think Palpatine knew what Kylo would have done. Like, I feel like the whole him Snoke dying was planned because he knows that it will cement Kylo as the leader and push him more towards the dark side. Because if he kept being abused, he would have just joined Ray. He says that in the film. Mm-hmm. It's that moment where he actually gets to the side, and you know, 
he has the power. It's the, it's what the, the George always says about power. Like the Sith are always seduced by power, and in that moment, he could have easily gone off with Ray. He would have been accepted back, but he doesn't. And I think Palpatine knows that, and that's why he knows that he will go off and kill Ray. He doesn't want Ray to die, but he knows that Kylo will do as he says because he's been grooming him as a, since a child, like he did with his grandfather, because mm. he's a fucking weirdo. Little weirdo. <laughs> Yeah. So we, we we still don't know. I think it's a good thing to dive into. It's one of those questions I actually like that isn't answered because it's a great yeah place to delve into. I think it'll eventually probably get explored more, um, which is fun. But yeah, it, it's still there's still a, it's very nebulous on on what that whole connection is. And also, like when people go, oh, it's a bit ludicrous. Like remember, Cypher Diaz was supposed to be like Darth Sidious's name that you like spelled wrong or something. <laughs> Cypher D- to the oh, fuck it. Well, I'll make him someone else. <laughs> Will you explain it? No. <laughs> okay, next question is from Alpine Grok who says, did Ben Solo need to die? Is it a necessary part of redemption? Mm. Let's do it I will say, did Ben Solo... (sighs) Okay, so did Ben Solo need to die for us to, like, as an audience, continue to think of him as a hero? Yes. Um, Because if we start going into the stories of other people, um, putting him on trial and, and all of the actual logistics of what would happen, then he's not going to be a hero in our brains when we walk out of the theater, you know? Um, I think that, I think that his, uh, I don't, I don't know how to, how to answer this. Cause I think that he has reached a state of true peace being a ghosty with his mom and his uncle and now understanding each other in Forcey land. Um, but yeah, I think that he did need to die in order to remain a hero in the minds of the audience going forward, no matter what stories we tell. Although I'm kind of sad we don't get to see the, the trial of Kylo Ren. Just so you can do <laughs> <laughs> Oh my lord. <laughs> what about you, Nikki? I actually don't think he needed to die. Interesting. To be, to be redeemed. Um... I think it's it's not as important like mythologically. I think the the point mythologically is sort of he he was able to like cleanse his soul. And I think that's kind of all that matters. And he was able to he was able to die in um sort of the best way possible, I guess. You know, like I guess happy. <laughs> um, yeah. someone someone was there who like finally saw him for him or whatever and um and then yeah he got to sort of finally return to his mother the thing he said he couldn't do and i think that's more important than whether he lived or died i think that sort of answers the question but i think there's definitely a a way that the story could have been done where he was able to to live and and still be redeemed um whether that is a trial or self-imposed exile um, 
I thought I thought he thought I think good old listener Chris Swift. You you know him, you love him. Um he he brought this idea to me. Um that's the first time I heard it. And sort of the idea of like Kylo getting dumped on Octo with the Jedi texts and be like, figure it out, boy. <laughs> we'll come pick you up in 20 years or whatever. Repent. Um, yeah, like I love that idea too of he knows he's done wrong and he needs like he it's like you need to fix this for yourself um kind of thing. So I mean, yeah, I don't I think the way the story was done, I don't have any problems with it. I think the the actual important question of of like, you know, sort of reclaiming who he is was answered and and satisfied and that doesn't depend on life or death. But I think I think there could have been a story as well where um he's able to embrace the light and also live. Okay, yeah. So, because the question set up as, did he need to die? Is is it necessary as redemption? Okay, I'm going to say, did Ben Solo need to die? Yes. Is it a necessary part of redemption? No. no. Um, did Ben need to die? In my opinion, he did need to die. I didn't want him to die. As, a, as an audience member, I didn't want him to die because I was watching this character. I loved it. I'd grown attached to him and I care about him. But, speaking critically, he did the one thing that Anakin couldn't do, which is that he gave up himself. And it wasn't selfish, it was selfless. The fact that he gave up his life to save Rey. He didn't, mm-hmm. he didn't want to do it he didn't want to extend her life at the extent of him also being there. He would willingly give up his own life to make sure that she survives. And that was something I think is really important. And it's a, if the Jedi act, that was the, one of the bravest things he did in the film and probably his life. And it was really important to see that. But I also feel like I'm not too bothered by it. I know a lot of people are angry and upset and want him to come back to life somehow. But he's fine. The one thing he wanted, the one thing his character wanted, he thought was impossible, was to be reunited with his... It was to go home. And he got to go home. He's with his parents now. But also, to quote literally Yoda from episode 3... Being a force ghost means you're basically immortal. <laughs> yeah, you got a, a good deal, guys. <laughs> ben is immortal. <laughs> so, and I know a lot of people saying, "Oh, but we didn't see him. Dis- we didn't know if he disappear." You're, you're a the force track ghost. record says yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, don't, you don't just disappear like that. <laughs> there are certain cues in this universe. <laughs> <laughs> so, disappearing is one of them. <laughs> I get people being upset. I truly do. And I'm not trying to diminish that. I promise. But from my point of view, he's in, he gets to be with his family. He's redeemed in some regards. I think he's got a lot of work to do in the Cosmic Force, which is in my head canon. The same as what Anakin had to do, which he had to have years of service of trying to help people. Free. He's immortal. So... Yeah. He did it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think the the sort of full circle of doing what Anakin couldn't 
is is very meaningful. And even just even going back to um uh a character that was briefly mentioned earlier, Kanan Jarrus. Uh mm-hmm. he saw that he saw that moment where he needed to be as his peak selflessness, right? Like the mm-hmm. moment he was needed to do the only thing he could do in that moment to save the people he cared about. Um and that's what Ben did. And it's that's that's peak Jedi and that's peak light side. And so And that's what it. Anakin did as well. It's great. Yeah. It's um it's good stuff. As for whether dying is necessary to be redeemed, no. We know that's not the case. Um we've seen it with characters before, we've seen it with characters in Rebels, um Agent Callus. Agent Sexy Callus. Um yeah, <laughs> You know, the rebellion is full of these characters that you know have joined over to the other side, have changed, have altered, but they have to work for it, and that's it's it's not as simple as just saving a life. Ben has work to do. I truly believe that he has got stuff to do in the afterlife, but he has his family there to help him, and hopefully a good role model now in the form of Anakin, Obi Wan, and all that jazz. So, I I don't see Ben Solo's ending as a sad ending. I see it as a ha- very happy ending for Ben. But I also appreciate why some people might be upset. But you're wrong. I'm joking. Um, oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> but uh, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking, everyone. Please, no. Oh my god. <laughs> Where we we like to do comedy on the show. Um, okay, next question is from our our lovely friend Reed at Seo Bibble, Seo Bubble. Sorry, yeah, Seo Bubble. Who says which pilots or persons do you wish showed up on screen at the final battle? And if you don't mind, I'm going to go first because I have mine. Go, go for, for it. it. Imagine this, okay? Pose like. <sighs> I'm sorry, guys. We've got to give up. There's just too many of them. And then you hear Lando saying, but there's more of us, Poe. And then it like, cuts to, and you see this N1 Starfire flying across the battlefield, and it cuts to the cockpit. It's Rico Lee. And he looks outside <laughs> the window, and he's like, see that planet down there? That's Exegol. That's the famous Sith world. <laughs> <laughs> The whole planet is a famous oh, no. world. <laughs> <laughs> There's loads of crazy corners down there. <laughs> That's good. When how old would he be? <laughs> he looked look the same, and it's never answered. Yes. <laughs> My boy, I made Rick old. <laughs> <laughs> There's just another jar of Rickolis <laughs> and and Naboo. He's <laughs> like, I will require exposition for my great takeover. Oh my god! It was I who malfunctioned the hyperdrive on the Naboo Starfighter. Oh god! <laughs> I'm gonna have to Photoshop. Um, I'm gonna have to Photoshop a. Uh, a bunch of Ricotis in the jar now. Please. Oh, man. Oh. Oh, <laughs> <about> you guys. <laughs> um, 
I don't know. I don't know if I have an interesting answer to this question. I kind of feel like mine would be ones that other people would say as well. Um, but as the people who sat around me on opening night for show, um, will probably be able to back up. I screamed very loudly when Wedge was on, when Wedge showed up. Yeah, but so, um, they kind of gave me what I wanted. Again, it's sort of like the going back to the voice question. It's like I kind of got, I kind of hit my peak. I don't really know where else I would go. I, I would have loved to see, um, you know, maybe because apparently the fireball is in the shot. It's in, it's in the the movie song. Oh my goodness! Because ILM, ILM put it in. Um, so the fireball's there somewhere. Uh, Kaz would have been hilarious to see. And I want. I would love to know who's in the ghost cockpit. Um, how many people are like on board? I would love to know that. Um, but as far as the movie goes, I don't. I don't know what they could have. What else they would have realistically shown? Um, that didn't get sort of hit on the head with with wedge for me. But yeah, probably probably just anything ghost related would have been my answer. Yeah, I agree with you because um in the theater I felt so fooled because um when Zori Bliss comes back and you don't see her, but she like makes some sort of message to Poe, Carrie Russell's voice sounded so much like Vanessa Marshall to me. I thought we were about to get a live action Hera and my heart like I was excited that Zori Bliss came back, but my heart <laughs> sunk that I was. I was like, "Oh my god, Hera!" And then it was not. It was not Hera, and I was let down. So that's who I would have wanted hey, hey. for sure. And, but but, but Abu Frick yeah. is is the gift that keeps on giving. But I would say, how is is Hondo Onaka dead at this point? Oh, fucking, I hope so. Well, he's in Galaxy's Edge, dude. He lives forever. I vote Hondo Onaka joins yeah, the Resistance. Um, that I want that. I want that in my life. Well, you're stealing coaxium for him like a few months before Rise of Skywalker <laughs> takes place. Oh so. my god, yeah, he's, he's he's there. He's he's bopping. He's yeah. there. Um, he and As Morgan. Wait, no, yeah. he's dead, isn't he? Yeah, <laughs> 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 yeah, that'd be funny. It'd be funny if the Razor Crest was there. That'd be that would be cool. Be a fun kick. Baby Yoda's flying it. Yes. <laughs> I think it is, isn't it? I don't know. I've not seen it, but I mean, I wouldn't be surprised, honestly. Yeah, I wouldn't be shocked either. I saw a Mandalorian uh, ship from the Clone Wars. That was pretty dope. Oh, like the Fang, the Fang Starfighter. Yeah, my favorite thing I saw yeah. this time around was um, on Jakku. Ray Speeders there. Oh, oh yeah, cool. It's in the it's in the bottom left corner. And I just saw it. And I was like, "That's so fucking cool!" Like it's just a small little detail. And I was like, "You know what? I love you. I love you, JJ." <laughs> Thanks, JJ. Thanks, JJ. Um, JJ. <laughs> <laughs> what up, JJ? I'm gonna work at Bad Robot and call him that. <laughs> okay. Uh, next question is from at Matt Wu two nine five nine seven eight six eight. Um. What are your thoughts on Leia staying on until Ben died? Have heard theories that suggest that she was helping to keep him alive after Ray healed him, and others say she needed to know he'd redeemed himself before she passed on to the Force. I think both, and that it works well. 
I'm going to say the latter. Um, it's kind of like people talk about, you know, in real world, if you want to put that in air quotes there, ghost lore. They're here because they have unfinished business, and I don't think Leia was able to pass on and um, become one with the Force knowing that her son was not going to be there with her. And I think that it was that that love that kept her there. Agreed. <laughs> do you think Put those same words in my mouth. <laughs> do you think if he if he like didn't do it, her ghost would appear and slap him and go, You're done already. <laughs> my my idiot son. My idiot son. <laughs> this, this boy of mine. <laughs> this boy of mine. Oh, oh man, quick quick sidebar. It, um, I was I watched the episode of Thirty Rock last night that Carrie Fisher was in. Oh my truck! Help me, Liz Lemon. You're my only hope. <laughs> it's so good. It's so perfect. Uh, it's my favorite TV oh, show man. ever. I need to the watch. The world that. is so the world is so shitty without her. It really is, and you know that Carrie really inspired Tina Fey, and that having mm-hmm. Carrie on a show written by Tina Fey. She was just so like tickled by the idea of being able to do jokes with Carrie Fisher. So freaking good. And like the, yeah. And like just the character in general, like they were able to sort of um, like exaggerate those, the, the sort of like sides of Carrie that were crazy. Yes. <laughs> um, and like, and you could tell Carrie Fisher had so much fun doing that as well. She did. Um, and it reminds me of, Another thing I saw recently where somebody asked Oscar Isaac um, like what he sort of remembers from Carrie Fisher, what he, what he like will take with him, I guess, from like meeting her and stuff. And he, he was talking about how like, it's like, yeah, the first time I met her, like two minutes in, she was telling me about all her like divorced husbands and like <laughs> drug problems <laughs> she's like and then, he's, and then she stopped and said by the way i don't do small talk she's <laughs> 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 like she's like man just everything about this lady magic she's awesome I, man over over christmas they were showing the christmas special from a few years ago i think it was the last thing she like filmed maybe mm-hmm. as in like on british tv and it was a eight out of ten cats Oh my god! The... <laughs> yeah. Have you ever seen that? I have, Charlie. It's so good. Oh man, I don't think I've seen it. And I just remember this quote, and I've got a picture of it. And uh, she says that uh, the important thing I did at Christmas was the Star Wars Christmas special, which is a punishment from God. <laughs> <laughs> oh um, man! But yeah, uh, my my thoughts on Leia staying is that I think it's mentioned in the book as well which sort of backed up my theory, was that like, she's still like processing to become one of the Force. Um, and that she doesn't want to leave without Ben. So she, she, she can also help him become one of the Force. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of the same as what you guys are saying, I think. Yeah, like, the I think business. so. Um, she didn't want to leave him behind. She wanted to literally be there when he went. Mm-hmm. With a hand held out, which I, I really like. Um, so yeah, I think... Yeah, we're all on the same sort of page there. Yeah, the concept of doing it together, I think, is is the key to it. Uh, let's just jump to a quick question from the Discord, which is from Kate, who says, "What do you think happened to the First Order? 
They only had one ship there, so they could still have a strong navy or space force. Mm. <laughs> well, they're not free anymore. Well, <laughs> yeah, suckers. <laughs> Bunch of losers. Because <laughs> an, an Ewok pulled a hold maneuver. On <laughs> <laughs> I just like to imagine like one of the Ewoks flying one of the little gliders up into space. <laughs> hitting, hitting the hyperdrive on the glider and just crashing into it. Um, so good. Yeah, I mean, the, I guess we sort of like talked about this not long ago with the uh, <laughs> what the post stories will be. Um, because, I mean, yeah, the First Order had this, you know, massive juggernaut force. The, the first line of the Last Jedi crawl is the First Order reigns, right? So, like, they're everywhere. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's a really interesting question because it's like this one is supposed to also be like well, I guess the idea in the movie is that just everyone around the galaxy rises up and shoots down their respective star destroyer. I think that's I think that's like the the story movie reason uh, why I guess the war's over. But I mean, yeah, it makes you wonder how many places that really happened. If only there was someone who was evil, sinister, and smart. You could get all the First Order troop forces and make a comeback. Someone who was blue. Yeah, buddy! <laughs> Thrawn Trilogy! Two point oh. I'm sorry. What if he... Sorry, to be fair, though... I woke up the cat. He, like, meowed at me for yelling. Oh, I'm no. sorry, dude. <laughs> Fuck you, man. I'm sorry. Go back what to sleep. What if Thrawn, like, takes the, takes the First Order remnants... And then, like, rebrands them all as good guys and then takes them into, like, the unknown regions and fuck up the grisk. That's Hell what I yeah. Because I, I think that'd be interesting. Because in a way, episode nine kind of ends the same way, like, galaxy-wise as episode six. So you could potentially do some of those, like, Air to the Empire sort of stories mm-hmm. in, like, a new sort of form. I, I think it would be cool to have the First Order still around rather than just completely getting rid of them. Uh, I think it's more interesting. The same like the Mandalorian. It's cool mm-hmm. to see those Imperial characters stick around. So I'm going to say, hopefully there's more of them in the future for stories. I think it's interesting. Especially like the Thrawn stuff. And there's apparently a major Edge to the Empire Easter egg in Episode 9. Is there? Mm-hmm. What is that? Aww. Oh, did you hear him? That's <laughs> <laughs> like, what? <laughs> he also likes Edge the Empire. <laughs> They said, they said the, the the transmission thing on Luke's X-Wing is the exact same from Edge of the Empire. Oh, that's cool. Uh, yes, this is the transponder code in Luke's X-Wing is the same code that Luke used in Edge of the Empire. You can see it as they're tracking Rey as she is flying through the nebula. It reads AA589, the same number Talon card used to help Luke and asked if he needed assistance. Ooh. That's fun. I like knowing that there are some nerds who who still dig Thrawn. (laughs) Hanging out there. It's just it's just (laughs) Pallium. Ooh. (laughs) You like that? He did. (laughs) Okay, let's go to that's okay. Should we just should we dive into the big stuff? Alright, let's rock and roll. What's left? Okay. I've got three more questions, I think. Or four. 
Okay, let's go. So, big question coming up, okay? I hope you you guys are prepared. I mean, I'm never prepared okay. for this show, so let's go. <laughs> it's going to be a tough one. Uh, Andy Campbell says, so were the Knights of Ren just the boy band after all? <laughs> yes. Uh, yep. <laughs> I would go have to that seen, concert. Have you seen what Ren looks like in the comic? Oh, yeah. No, I have, have not. You, have you, Claire? A lot of people keep saying he looks like Jeffrey Epstein. <laughs> oh, no. No. Oh, my God. No, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, crap. I have to look. I'll send you a link. Hang on. Oh, I'm so scared. <laughs> Ren didn't kill himself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh God. man. I must turn to it now. Let's see. You know they're not wrong. I don't I do not think they're wrong at all. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, yep. Yep. They made him Jeffrey oh, Epstein. Oh no. <laughs> this isn't a, this is not a fucking this is this is not oh, a no. drill. Well, he's trying to seduce a kid. <laughs> oh! <laughs> <laughs> oh god. <laughs> oh my sweet god. Charlie, I have a chest infection. <laughs> you can't do this. You can't make me laugh like that. I'm sorry. <laughs> that is, I wasn't ready for that. Yikes. Yeah. Whole lot of yikes. But yeah, nice to run with just the boy band. So true. I did like the fact that I believe someone on Twitter said, um, finally, this is what the Luke we wanted, like being badass. But in the comic, he's literally like, you guys don't have to use the force. You hold it like a you're, you're wielding it like a hammer, so it's a bit like it's a bit like doing karate with like a four year old and <laughs> <laughs> being like, ah, they don't, look how badass he is. It's like, oh yeah, because he's twenty seven. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think the uh, I don't uh, think the Knights of Ren would really uh, if Luke was like, I I'm gonna fucking go for this. Um, I don't think they'd last half as many pages as they do. <laughs> He's basically like, get out of here, get it, get out of it. I love um, I when I recently uh saw uh, Rise of Skywalker with my good friends Clint and Reed. Um, yeah, buddy. Anytime the Knights of Anytime the Knights of Ren came on, we'd all just like laugh at him and be like, "Oh shit, the boys!" <laughs> <laughs> because they they always have that like same entrance where it's like, "Oh shit, they're not supposed to be there." <laughs> And they, they all just like walk into a room and stop and look around. <laughs> now they are the ones who need sabotage as their music, you know? See, I didn't think that. I, I thought there's a bit specifically where it cuts to on Pasana and they're on like this big giant rock for no reason. Do you know the bit I'm on about? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Drone cam kind of thing. That, that reminded me of the Backstreet Boys. Backstreet's oh, yeah. back, oh, all right. Or NSYNC, like one of those. Everybody. It's very music video. Yeah. Rock your body. And I love their smoke and melting back. Oh. All right. Um, but yeah, I think that's all we've got to say about <laughs> the lights of Ren. That's what they deserve. <laughs> um, okay, let's let's go on to the... Uh, oh, one quick thing with Knights of Ren. Go, go, go. Just go. While, we're, while we're still talking about them. Um, I do love how they like surround Ben... Like they think they can do something about it, <laughs> and they kind of like, do. To be fair, to be fair, I mean, yeah, but like when 
when he gets that lightsaber, they're fucked. That's true. They go good a few good punches in. Makes you wonder what their true opinion of the guy was. Bunch of bitches, whole lot of them. He's my idol. <laughs> <laughs> like, did they really like him? Were they just, were they just following whatever? It's like we used to, we used to get pussy, and now we're just trying to find his granddad's <laughs> head. <laughs> um, I don't, I don't like that sentence anymore. With the. Uh, <laughs> The art revelation that we just discussed a while ago. Uh, <laughs> um, anyway, let's let's move forward. <laughs> Ask us about it later. <laughs> Ask me again sometime. <laughs> yeah. Okay, let's dive into the serious stuff. Um, so, uh, we've got a question from Cherry Mochi 617 who says... What are your thoughts on the John Boyega situation and the Raylo part of the fandom? Particularly the fundraising they've done for charities like AITAF, which I believe is Arts in the Armed Forces. That's right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, who wants to tackle this first? Um, I'll first mention that the Rise of Ben Solo charity thing was awesome. Mm-hmm. And I was happy to donate to it as well. And it was really cool that um, it's 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 like fandom done right kind of thing. Yeah. Um, we want to we want to show appreciation for all the awesome work that Adam Driver did. And for anyone who wasn't aware, Arts of the Armed Forces is a, a nonprofit that he started um, to sort of use use theater uh, as sort of I think therapy kind of like the. Therapy of like acting and stuff for for veterans and people um, involved in the military. So that's it's a really cool charity, and it's awesome to be able to show appreciation that way, and not just you know um, shout about it online or whatever. Uh, I, and then I, it was also yeah. yeah, it was also really cool that he made the message um, to everybody who'd done that as well. That was nice of him. Yeah, I have to say like. Regardless of your opinions of the film, if you liked the film, hated the film, the fact that you spent some time and your own money to like give someone who needs a bit of like you know a bit of like lightness in the world, the fact that you helped bring that to happen, is is awesome. That's really it's really nice, and I feel like that's what Phantom should be: is coming together, irregardless of what we think, and just helping people. That's always the best thing. Yeah, whenever whenever you can channel channel the the passion into I don't know something something tangible, you know that that date makes a difference. I think that that's it shows the the power of um of what this can all mean. So that's it's it's a it's a really cool thing, and you know credit to I didn't think the person who started it stayed anonymous. Um, I think they were Matt, the radar technician, was the uh, <laughs> organizer of the Rise of Ben Solo charity. But but yeah, no, it was it was really cool. I think they, anyone, everyone who got involved raised, I think, close like close to like eighty thousand dollars. That's crazy. Um, I don't I don't even know where it's at now. Um, I think they yeah. they said that fifty thousand was supposed to be like their year goal, like their optimal year goal, and they For managed the to raise that. Yeah. And they managed to raise that just in that one campaign. 
And yeah. Like, I think when I jumped in, it was at like 40,000. And I was like, whoa, that's a lot. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, now it's like double that. So, so yeah, no, it's, it's awesome what, um, what people do when they, when they really, you know, care about something and, and can find a way to channel that. And yeah, $80,000 and six, $80,065 is the, is the total as of now. That's Amazing. awesome. It's like, just cause like art and pop culture and media has this opportunity to bring us all together if we choose to be that way, you know? Mm-hmm. And there are so many people that we can connect with because of this thing that has reached us that we love. And um and I'm and it makes me really, really happy when people use this love of this same thing, this crazy space wizard movie, and and use it for good like that. Um that's the best thing that's come out of it. Mm-hmm. And it was like it was also really smart to do it for something that like is very personal for Adam Driver. Absolutely. Um, like it was it was good I don't know, research. <laughs> like whoever does when when they decided to like do something, it was it's it's very it's very um nice that they found something that means so much to him and was able to to help that. But yeah, uh, John Boyega. <laughs> <laughs> Hmm. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't want to say too much because, again, I feel like we're in this moment where you say the, you say the wrong thing and it's kind of bad. Um, but I don't know. I think there are probably many things that are true at the same time. Um, maybe maybe uh, there's some really nasty parts of the Raylo subsect. Maybe also John Boyega is, you know, stoking the fire when he might not need to. Um, but I think just in general, the point is, the point that sort of resonated with me, and I assume the question is focused around uh, the video he posted of of tweets that were, I don't know, not not nice tweets um, directed at him. Uh, I, th- I think there's there's a thing about how we talk a lot about online when it comes to like trolling and stuff, how there's no accountability and people are able to just tweet from behind, I don't know, a name or whatever. And they sort of able to tweet without consequence. And I think something for me that I noticed through this is like, I don't know, it's like this, maybe there is sometimes consequence. Like you if you post something publicly, um, I don't know. It's like, I don't even know how to where I'm going with this, but it's like you you do when you post online, there are consequences, um, and maybe this is one of them. Maybe you don't like it, but like it if if it's something if it's something you wouldn't have said to John Boyega's face, but you tweeted it, and now you're mad that he saw it, and it's like back out there. I I don't really know what to tell you. I don't know. <laughs> I think, yeah, that's the important thing is to remember that regardless of who you are, we're all human beings. And although he's an actor, he's a human being. And although these are people on Twitter who have, like, they might not show their face or who, yeah, they might they might do. 
they're mm. human beings too, and I feel like there's not enough kindness in the in the world. I feel like yeah. so, like, like you said, um, being able to hide yourself and having like, the anonymity and stuff, I think, has made us a bit cruel. Yeah. yeah. To be honest, and there's no easy answer. And like we said last week, Raylos aren't evil. <laughs> it is ridiculous. Any, any, you know, any, um, any group like that. There's always going to be shitty people. It's just how. That's just how any group. There's always shitty people. Yeah. Right. I think the important thing we need to talk about is accountability, though. Yeah. And I've seen that. And by the way, we have friends who are Raylos. So it's not like, that's generic, like, well, we've got friends who are. <laughs> <laughs> but but I, I mean that in the sense of, I, I truly don't, I've seen people who have been like, no, this is bullshit. We've got to stamp on this. We've got to say, no, that's wrong. And I think the difficult thing, sometimes we jump on things and there's so much built up tension and there's a lot of I think the word is tribalism there's a lot of tribalism mm-hmm. you you did this you're a Raylo therefore all Raylos are evil mm-hmm. or you said all Raylos are evil or you, know, you said this person's evil so therefore they're all evil like no I think we need to think about the context of stuff so the whole John Biega thing Stemmed from, I, I in my opinion, years of, uh, you know, race, racial abuse from a lot of people. He was announced in, in what twenty fourteen, so it's been what six, five, six years of online harassment that he has been contractually obligated not to comment on. Exactly, yeah, like contractually he wasn't allowed to. Now the contract's free. Like that, and um. But I, I remember, like people just saying, "Oh, the Black Stormtrooper," and I'm not saying this uh, is. Um, by the way, I'm not saying this is Raylo. I'm saying this no, is no, 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 a no. lot of people. This is different groups, some of which are part of the Raylos, and I'm I'm saying that as just as some individuals as part of some groups. That's just the way it is. Unfortunately, the world is shit, um, and that's that's horrible. And if you're a person of color and you have to deal with that, sometimes you just can't take it anymore. Um, and I think that maybe he didn't go out the best way he could have, but at the same time, I'm saying that as a privileged white dude. It's very easy to be like, well, he should have just taken it. Like, yeah, I get it. I get, <laughs> I get why he would, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. And... I think one of the other big issues, I think we have to talk about this because it's there's no point hip like tiptoeing around it. So the joke thing. And I say that as in quotation marks because some people don't think it's a joke. They think it, uh, they're saying it's a sex remark, which was um, when John Berger said about uh, even though Ben died and he'd be laying in the pipe. Okay. Was that a crass comment? Well, yes. <laughs> I, don't think I didn't even anyone... see the comments. I, don't, I, I still don't even know what it, what it was, really. He said that he'd be laying in the pipe with Ray now that Ben's gone. Oh, okay. Oh, I my see. goodness. 
Wait, Finn which, would? Yeah. Okay, okay, yeah. Got it. Yeah. Um, which, some have seen this to be sexist. Now, I'm not here to, like, I'm not, I'm, again, I'm a dude, so my opinion is worth what? <laughs> a grain of salt? <laughs> um, in my opinion, I can see why that was crude. But at the same time, I can't see how that's different to anything we've ever said on the show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you... And that might not be fair. Sorry, Claire, you go. I've interrupted you. I'm being a prick. No, no, no. You're on a speech and you're like on a on a long speech and I keep putting in one word. No, and... no, no. No, no, no. Go. You... Go. Okay, so from the... the I'm going to talk. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I got to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> I love you guys, you fucking asshole. <laughs> Jesus, you guys are trying to kill me. Um, so, from the female... Well, that was your lot of time, Claire. I know. <laughs> from that female perspective. Now let me talk um, about me laying pipe. <laughs> um, and, and you can be... <sighs> okay. Jokes about sex are not inherently sexist. I want to just throw that out there. Like as as somebody who personally throws a lot of laying pipe jokes, <laughs> like I do that partially because my significant other used to be a bricklayer and it's like he used to do this blah 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 blah. blah. Um as someone who does that a lot, um, I don't think jokes about sex are inherently sexist, and I and I hope that doesn't offend anybody. But I think that he <laughs> he's trying to make light of a situation that he's been, you know, he's finally allowed to like make jokes about it, and I think that's okay. Um. We need to be able to poke fun at Star Wars. That's why the three of us do a podcast. It's at the end of the day, if you put it in the real world world context, these movies are ridiculous. Wizards and, and space travel and little tiny aliens and robots that are a little too polite. It, it's all funny and we need to be able to joke about it because we love this thing that is ridiculous. And uh, it's just hard. It's hard for me because I don't think that – I don't know if I would call that joke inherently sexist. I would call it sexual. But as somebody who tends to get pretty sensitive about certain things, I, I'm not one that was personally offended by it. I'm sorry if you were personally offended by it. Um, if you were Raylo and always shipped – uh, you never shipped Finn and Ray, and now you're like, oh, he's got his opening and your character is dead. I can understand why you would be sensitive about something like that, you know? While the body's still warm, in a sense. <laughs> the fictional body is still warm. But um, I don't know. I think that the whole heart of this situation, like the whole thing that I'm taking away from this is – on every end, we need to communicate with each other more effectively. 
We need to disagree about things in Star Wars. Like not all of us are going to agree on what we like and what we dislike. That's the thing. Star Wars is so expansive. There's so many things you can like or dislike. And that's cool, but we still like the same thing under the same umbrellas using, you know, under the same umbrella of the Force. We all enjoy it. And it (laughs) – even if we disagree on who we ship, on how the story ends up, on which is our favorite movie and how things should have been, it's – It doesn't matter. We need to be able to disagree without personally attacking each other. And we need to look at everybody's point of view with a little bit of perspective. We talked about this on the last episode. I am very far from a Raylo. I am on the, I don't know if I'd say polar opposite end, but I am very staunchly against that union. Um, but do I care? Am I personally offended by you if you are a Raylo? No. Well, should you be personally offended by me because I am not? No. Like, we can like different things and we can live in the same galaxy and be fine. And I think that there are a lot of like really, really high emotions right now on everybody's front. And I think that I hope that with time I can tweet about it and be able to talk about my own personal experiences and why I can't, why I just can't and not feel like I'm going to get vilified even though my life experience and is different than yours and what you like is different than what I like. That's fine, you know? Um, that's the thing at the at the end of the John Boyega situation is that When you're pushed to the edge for so long and you finally feel free, you might snap. And I will offer no personal details of my own life, but Charlie Ashby can attest to when some people break free of the bonds that drive you crazy, Claire, I'm speaking from experience super vaguely, you might snap a little bit. (laughs) And Charlie has seen me snap off the deep end and hopefully come back to like a rational sort of human place. But, um, At the end of my rant, um, this is the time for him to stretch and get all of these pent-up emotions out. And Twitter is not the best therapy. It's really not. It's an awful place to therapeutically, you know, try and heal. Um, I think there could have been a more effective route of doing this. But I think that we all... On every front, John Boyega and Intense Raylos included, we all need to be able to just take a deep breath and disagree respectfully. And I want I can't wait till the time where we can discuss this movie online if we reach that point and me not feel afraid to talk about it. And that anybody, you know, for that matter, whether it be John Boyega or Raylos, you know. And mm-hmm. rant over. <laughs> Just for cl- yeah, for, cl- for clarification, the the actual quote was, uh, I think it was a response to some um, Instagram comment, was it's not about who she kisses, but who eventually lays the pipe. You're a genius. <laughs> oh Jesus! <laughs> yeah, I mean, we would totally make that joke on this show, though. <laughs> yeah, yes. I don't know yeah. if that's. I don't know. Again, I'm a dude, so I don't know anything, honestly. Um, but. <laughs> 
I mean that genuinely. And uh, but no, I, I, don't, I, I don't know if that's any more sexist than the people who are like, "Why isn't Ray pregnant?" <laughs> and like, only value the end of her story on like whether she's pregnant or not. Um, we demand like force babies. To me, like I don't know. It's like I don't know. It just seems like I don't. It's it's a it's a weird just because I don't like it kind of thing. It's like I'm gonna complain about it. Yeah, I can also appreciate some people have might have like uh, like Claire said their own history and background, and I'm not here to say that their their opinion isn't doesn't matter. I'm just we're just saying what we think. Um, we just want to, you know, be honest. That's all we can do at the end is just be honest with each other. We want to disagree respectfully um, if that is the case, and we want to agree respectfully if that's the case too. That's it. Because there's there's no point. We're all going to die one day. I'm not going <laughs> to hate you because you disagree about a, a a comment. Yeah, sorry. I was just in the sort of deep dive into the the most recent thing as well. Is mm-hmm. the whole video thing? Mm-hmm. So John Boyega or John Boyega's team. <laughs> I like the idea that people think that he actually made it. Um, <laughs> he's really good at his animations. Um, he did this video where he's like shunning the negativity, and like they got clips of him like on a, on a scooter, like driving over tweets. But all the tweets are from people who spoke out after the joke, and some of the tweets are saying stuff like, um, "After all we did for you, I can't." I can't I don't want to say this is just me, like off the top of my head. I think I should probably look at the video and they're hard to I mean, read. Yeah, they go so quick. There are some that are like, I don't know why I ever supported you. Uh, good luck finding uh, work after this. Um, you're a disgrace. Like they're not. Again, they're yeah, they're not tweets that like. Again, like I, I, not to like make anyone mad at me, but it's like I don't like super feel bad for these people because it's if it's stuff that you wouldn't have said to his face and you said it hiding behind a tweet that you now regret is I don't know. There's consequence too. Like I don't know. I again, I don't really know what to say. But yeah, yeah, it's like it's stuff like you're literally the worst. Yeah, um, and. It's not thoughtful criticism. Uh, <laughs> yeah, At least not the ones like, in the video. And I, I, I can appreciate. The, the, okay, here's the here's the thing. Okay, I, I'm just gonna say it. It's so doxing. So doxing is when you post private information about someone. So the home address, uh, their real name, their, uh, you know, like it's any personal information. The, the, yeah. Any personal information. And I'm not saying that doxing didn't happen in some cases, because apparently I think some people are saying that some people actually like digged up on people and like posted the information, which is fucking abhorrent. And if that did happen, uh, that's disgusting. And I don't stand for that at whatsoever. Do not condone it. But posting a public tweet isn't doxing. Could, he, could John Boyega have blocked their names? They're at. Absolutely. Because you could easily search for those tweets. And I think Yeah. At that point, what else do you what else can he do? 
apart from shut up. <laughs> and again, I there is some there is some racial sort of bits to this because I've seen a few of my a few friends on Twitter who are people of color who have been blocked by just 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 for speaking out or having an opinion which I don't agree with. Like I appreciate some people are upset and I get that. But I I also feel like we should be listening to people who deal with this stuff on, you know, daily basis. And I don't think telling the black man to keep shtum is... I'm not saying anyone else is saying this. I'm just saying, like, if that was the last option, it's the best option. It's difficult, and it's something I didn't really want to get into because I still, you know, I'm thinking about it. I don't know. I don't really. Yeah, I just. I I like I I know people have said that some people have been feeling suicidal and stuff, and I'm that's that's, that's awful. I hate that. I it's just a difficult situation, and. I feel sorry for everybody to an extent, you know? Yeah, I feel, I just think there's too much, like, I know there's, like, accounts that are, like, Raylo said this. It's like, that's not helpful. That's very, very not helpful. And it's very, I don't know how you can spend your time searching for those tweets. Like, it just seems like a, like, why, why are you? Yeah, it's like it's, equally it's pathetic, pathetic behavior. Yeah, that's what it is. It's it's yeah. It's like fucking find a new hobby or like find a way to spend your time productively. Ju- yeah, go run outside for a bit. I don't know. I just uh, yeah. I don't know what. To... Just in my opinion, I don't know what else he could have done. I know people disagree with me. That's absolutely fine, and I I I understand. But at the same time, I think we need we need these we need these discussions, I and mean, I think he needs to get. I think I think hopefully that was the end of it. Oh mm-hmm. God, I hope so. Because there's nothing else you can really say. Like I think he's yeah. They've said their piece. Um, and I truly hope. I think. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. So sorry. I, I truly hope that whoever you know is feeling awful is okay. You shouldn't have to feel that way. I think that there's something to be said as well for like investment in characters and situations and stuff. I was speaking to someone the other day, like we we grew up with the prequels. And I remember like Anakin and Padme aren't a great relationship. But I loved those two. And I spent a lot of time like creating main fanfiction. I know that a lot of people did. And then there's so there's so much amazing art there's so much amazing fan fiction for ben and ray and i really applaud and i love all that stuff so i really hope that that acts a nice little conduit for people and like the um like the charities like i know this question says uh, what do we think about the radar part of the fandom particularly the fundraising done absolutely amazing i know we already said that but like honestly it's awesome this isn't a Raylo issue this is a people issue this is a a much wider issue. Human beings. Like, I mean, you can look at the video, like, like Naomi Aki, 
liked it. I don't think she hates <laughs> Ben Solo. I don't think John Baker hates Ben Solo. It's ridiculous. They're, they're characters. The idea that he secretly fancies Daisy Ridley. No. They're friends. Or he's jealous of Adam Driver. Yeah. Why would he be jealous of Adam Driver? They're all friends. Yeah. They're all they're actors. I think we just all need to... And it's, there's loads of conspiracy theories. And I don't know. That's something to do with the internet as well, where I just can't deal with that. Um, and I'll get into that in a minute with the other question, which sort of links on to sort of John Baker's comments. But are we all in agreement? Yeah, I, think I mean, so. I think so too. I think, like, again, depending on your experience with different things, you'll take different things out of this situation. But, like, for me, I think, like, I've sort of, I don't know to what degree I've been successful in saying it, but, like, I think there were people online that probably could have used a reminder that actions have consequences <laughs> and, like, you have to be accountable for what you say online as well. Um, and if you say something that's not pretty and it comes back to you, um, sometimes that happens. Um, but yeah, I think it is it is sort of a regrettable situation that it, it even is at this point. Um, but then also to I just I do also want to like commend his video team because it's actually like a really cleverly edited video <laughs> oh yeah it's it's funny it's funny the way they edited it even like if you just take the if you replace the text with anything it's just it's just a, a good edit um and i i hope he makes videos still because his video team has been on fire with some of the stuff they've been doing um even if this one pissed off a good amount of people <laughs> I also have to say as well, like, don't pretend. I know this is this isn't like a random thing, but just quick tip: don't pretend to be someone you're not. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Especially if that's of a uh, a rate, like a, a group of people that are discriminated against. Not not cool, <laughs> which seems to be the case um, in some areas, and that's not just uh, one group. That's a few groups, which I've seen. And it's really fucking gross and disgusting. Um, oh, God. Yeah, I think we're on the same sort of page. And we appreciate if you disagree. Um, the, fact, the, the fact that we feel so awkward about talking about it as well. Mm-hmm. I'm just glad we're all just talking about it because at least we're honest about I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a scary thing to talk about because it's like, again, we've... We've seen so many times recently of like, you know, someone saying the, you know, the wrongly, like, I don't know, perceived a wrong way or um, doesn't align with a worldview <laughs> or doesn't align with someone else's view on something in particular. And, you know, it, it sort of like becomes a hive mind attack. So like, it's not the easiest thing to like approach with nuance. Um, I hope it's, I hope it's. Le- I think it's obviously infinitely worse when you try to do so through text <laughs> on Twitter or something. So I think, I'm or slash hope that a conversation at least indicates the nuance we feel in a lot of these things. Yeah, I feel like text. You can't read emotion from text, um, right? So 
hopefully that comes across. I know we'll, we'll dive a little bit in more into it before we finish off, but just just to reiterate, charity's awesome. Work, yes. awesome. Fan fiction, Fandom awesome. for good. Um, and we don't think that Raylo are evil. That's stupid. Um, we're focusing on them, obviously, because of what the situation John Baker one's about. Um, but Bad eggs in every in every bunch. Exactly. But also, we don't necessarily think that the John Baker situation is as it's been put about. That's a really bad way of putting it. But also, <laughs> it, it's 2.41 in the morning. So, if that affects you, <laughs> you can write a letter to your MP. <laughs> <laughs> So, I've got two more questions. Or, or one question with an extra question, I suppose. Yes. One and a half questions. Okay. One and a half. I'm prepared, so, by the way, for the last half. Cool. At, <laughs> M- <laughs> at Chub says, probably too late, but what are your thoughts on what JJ and JB were saying about The Last Jedi during the press tour leading to the tross? And how do you interpret John Baker's comments about leaving social media due to fandom menace, meaning you're weak, and the implications for KMT to Kalamiri Tram? Mm. Who wants to take this one first? <laughs> I think I have fairly concise answers for the moment. Um, whatever they said about Last Jedi, I think, is their opinion and their interpretation. And I think it sort of rolls back to the, let's not like demean someone for not seeing something the same way we do when it comes to uh, like something as trivial as a film. Um, I think there were things that they said during the press tour that I would have them, I would have rather them not say. (laughs) Um, But I think at the end of the day, it's like not that serious. And then for the uh, Kelly Marie trans stuff, I think he was processing that, even though, yeah, she was brought up in the question, I think he was processing that from his own personal rationalization of how he deals with it. And I think he also clarified that he didn't mean any, uh, you know, um, intentional or nothing like, nothing against her because obviously they're both friends and I don't know when he said that, like for me, that's, that's case closed. Um, I don't know if that's like worth relitigating because that just sort of, I know if people that, that was like one of the first things everybody was just ready to jump on. It was like, everybody was so on edge with what was going on with, especially with press tour comments and stuff like that, that, they weren't willing to wait for clarification and they were just ready to jump on him. And I didn't like that. I've, I saw people even I like, uh, or, you know, have a lot of uh, interest in what they say, saying things like, I don't know, like this deserves outrage. And there was all sorts of, I'm like, okay, let's calm down for a second. So, I, I mean, for me, when he, when he clarified that, that that's case closed. I don't really have any, any thoughts on that after that. Yeah, there was a weird conspiracy theory where apparently he hates Kelly. <laughs> it's like, no, like he went out of his way to 
say fuck you guys like and helped her out so I don't get why that sort of got brought up and again it's sort of like the vilification like of course of course you would think so like again I don't necessarily agree with a lot of the comments that they made um I can't remember what JJ said <laughs> what did JJ say about last Jedi yeah I don't, I don't know. I don't think he even really said any, or maybe the thing of like, it was meta and fans don't want to like watch a meta Star Wars movie or something. I want to watch one. (laughs) It was, again, it was nothing in my opinion that serious. It was just an interpretation or opinion that maybe we don't share. Um, But yeah, I don't know. Honestly. <laughs> yeah, I agree with what you said about the John Baega comments about it being from his perspective. And he, like you said, he clarified that. So that again, case closed. Yeah. I don't have much to add. <laughs> That's oh, my okay. silence there is, is I feel like you guys pretty much, pretty much said it. You know. Um, I don't think it was attack on... Like I don't think it was an attack on Kelly Marie Tran in any sense, and I and I know that there was that disclaimer there. So, um, people are different levels of confrontational. I think that's about it. <laughs> mm-hmm. And like we said earlier, he said to have like five years dealing with this race, racist bullshit. And I mean, we're saying five years in terms of Star Wars. He's probably had it his whole life. Yeah, <laughs> let's be honest. Yeah, <laughs> now yeah. it's just amplified. Screaming into a void. Yeah, exactly. And those parts of the fandom which we mentioned aren't worth even talking about. And I don't really want to give them a platform. So, um, yeah, I think that's basically our thoughts on the whole situation. Again, reach out if you you know want to talk to us about it on the show because you know we're here to listen. Sure. Okay. Final question. Which also comes from at MDM Chub. Does Babu Frick rival Salacious B. Crumb for cutest alien in the Star War? Or is it no contest and no one will ever be able to top Salacious? <laughs> like, do I even have also, to answer this question? <laughs> also mentioned that the question is specifically for Claire. <laughs> it is specifically for me. <laughs> All right, so here's my answer. Is Babu Frick a majestic, incredible, charming, handsome, intelligent, talented prince? Yes, he is all of those things. But he is no salacious crumb. He will never be the crumb. Nobody will. And that's that. I like to make inhale. <laughs> Sorry, I'm coughing and muting myself. Can I can, can I add one thing? Yes, I think the only, it. it says at the end. I think the only person who ever wants to top Salacious is Claire. Oh, that's so sweet. I'm still coughing. I'm still having a cough. Is it sweet? It was a sex joke. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to take it as sweet because I choose to still be friends with you. Oh, that's nice. Can I, <laughs> can I say something to you that 
I think you might might make might to make you cry. What? I'm already crying because of the coughing fit. But go ahead. Are you dying? I don't want to keep going. You're dying. <laughs> Only a little bit. Passing the, out. The cat is yelling at me too. He's like, "Are you okay?" <laughs> um, on Twitter this week. Go ahead. So, someone um, someone wrote a tweet in which they refer to Salacious Crumb as a jester cuck fuck. Excuse me? And can I, can I be honest with you? I felt mad. <gasps> <laughs> oh my god, did we just become best friends? Was like, to be honest, it was me. <laughs> <laughs> No, to be, oh I think God. you might yeah. you might have indoctrinated me. I'm so happy. One of I, us. I was genuinely like <laughs> annoyed for like at least twenty minutes. You make me so happy, Charlie. I'm so glad we're friends. The <laughs> perfect treat from me to you. I love it. Oh, this day is perfect. Minus <laughs> the I, I respiratory infection. <laughs> oh yeah, and that that's bad. Well, I think that's all we've got time for this week. Unless you got anything else to add? Just a coughing fit. Okay. Should we all cough? Do we have time for a what made us moist? <gasps> yes, it's the first moist of the year. Yay. Um, so, what made us moist? Nikki, you seem eager and wet. <laughs> oh, Lord. Oh, oh hello. <laughs> um, it's my birthday. Just because I, I had a lot of really fun experiences since we last like recorded a, a I guess this still doesn't count as like a general episode maybe but the last time we did a moist I had a lot of cool shit happen um, <laughs> so I just want to I just want to go through some of that because it was cool uh, first one being I got to meet Ryan Johnson so cool at a signing in a, at a, a music store for the Knives Out soundtrack and um, I wore a Porg shirt and this was this was like a while ago. This is when Baby Yoda was still like incredibly, like at the forefront of happenings, and there there was all those questions of of uh, is Baby Yoda the cutest thing ever, and has does he like kick Porg's ass and stuff? I mean, he doesn't, um, but okay. <laughs> but anyway, I I showed up to Ryan. And he was like about to like say hi, but then his eyes lit up when he saw the porgs on my shirt, and he was like, "You're wearing porgs," <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> "And I was like, yeah, they're the best." And then I was like, I got to talk to him a bit, and then also I got to fill a gaping, uh, like a hole in my soul because, um, I like, I guess a while ago, celebration 2017. Got when I was in the overnight line when Ryan Johnson showed up, and when uh, he signed my thing and we took a picture, he was like, "I just hope you enjoy the movie." And now, and since the Last Jedi came out, I've had this hole in my heart of I wish I could just tell Ryan Johnson back to his face that I I did enjoy the movie and I love it dearly, and I finally got to do that in this little signing. And as he as Ryan said, the circle is now complete. And I can now move on with my life in peace. And <laughs> that was a that was a great that was a great moment uh, for me. Um, and then I also was lucky enough to get um, into the audience for the Jimmy Kimmel uh, Rise of Skywalker stuff. So cool. Um, so I got to see 
all the uh, the cast that was there. I'm sure if you haven't seen that stuff, it's on YouTube. Um, now, even though this is the Imperial Senate podcast, I, and this is the moist section, I will keep it. I'll keep my uh, many of my comments to myself <laughs> um, and just simplify it with, I was not prepared to be in the same room with that attractive of a cast. It was honestly distracting. Would you say, and would you dare say it was moist? I was very moist. I was, mm. I was not ready for some of the things I saw. Um, but that was also great. And then uh, I'll close it off with uh, um, Rise of Skywalker opening night. I got to watch it at the Chinese theater, which was very cool considering that the very first Star Wars premiered at the Chinese theater. And now I, I was lucky to see uh, the last saga film in the Chinese theater. And in the popcorn line, I ran into David Collins, who everyone knows and loves. Oh, yes. So I got, I got to talk to David Collins for a bit, get a picture with him. I got to see Matt Martin. I got to say hi to Matt Martin in the line as well. And then also Seth Green was behind me, so that was funny. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> so like, I, that, was, that was a really cool um, experience there. And uh, it definitely, it's, it's kind of like I sort of mentioned um, in our last episode, like, eventually the movie becomes just the movie and it just exists as this thing. And sort of what we remember the most are just the little stories that revolve around it. Um, like, so for like whatever I didn't like with episode nine, probably what I'll remember most is, you know, seeing the cast at Kimmel or the sort of like excitement in the popcorn line and getting to take a picture with David Collins and stuff. It's like, those are, those are the, so just some cool moments that were, that happened in life since our last What Made Us Moist. And the last little shout out is, um, it's always nice to feel like someone listens to you, which is especially nice when we sit here and do a podcast for multiple hours. <laughs> um, but one of our dear listeners, Jay Winkworth, he heard me say I would really love the official JJ cut of Sabotage placed over the uh, Kylo Ren on Mustafar stuff. And the guy went out there and he made it. He posted it for us. And it's a beautiful thing. It works so well. So thank you, Jay. Much appreciated. And that's all the many things that made me moist that I needed to get off my chest. Fiend. Fiend. <laughs> like a waterfall. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm soggy down there. <laughs> I also love the way that you ended your Fear Ryan Johnson story, as though you were about to say, and then I sound the rock and I faded away. <laughs> 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 like did he want his autograph or not <laughs> <laughs> excuse me uh, this, this man just <laughs> disappeared oh my god oh, man. Claire um mine has been teased quite a bit um <laughs> so since the last time we had a moist moment I adopted a kitten at this point yay yeah. yay he got a new home for Christmas um <coughs> sorry guys. And a dying lady. And a dying me. But he's still cool about it. Um so You just eat your face when you're dead, it's fine. <coughs> Thanks, Charlie. That's okay. Um so yeah, so my boyfriend Jake, his mom, um, works at a veterinary hospital and she fosters animals all of the time. She has three dogs, three cats, and two birds, and then there's also one 
I feel like she always fosters something else. You know, it's always there's there's a metric ton of animals in that house. And then um, <clears throat> she started fostering this kitten named Dooku. Well, named unnamed at the time when he came in <laughs> because um, someone brought in a feral cat and her feral kittens to the vet. And she took one of the kittens and was watching him. And he immediately became my little guy. And um, we became buddies and he followed me around. And <coughs> I apologize for the coughing fit. But um, we bonded really quick. And when you go from feral cat diet to normal cat food diet, um, there were there's kind of stinky poops involved. Too much information probably, but whatever. So they kept calling him Dookie, which is <laughs> yeah, which is why I ended up calling him Count Dooku. Is because they originally called him Dookie because his litter box was horrendously smelly. So he doesn't smell no, anymore, man. guys. But he's a good little kitten, and um, he's like a dog in a cat's body. He's very affectionate, very excited to see you. And the reason, like the nail in the coffin that made me adopt him around Christmas time and make him mine was that <coughs> in our Rise of Skywalker rewatch, we were watching Revenge of the Sith and um, the lightsaber battles were going on and, um, you know, the the lightsabers were clashing and, and on the screen and the lights were flashing and he jumped off of my lap, sat onto another chair and stared and watched the entire lightsaber battle. And he was like ducking and go moving out of the way, like freaking out. And um, I have a cat that watches Star Wars, so I had to take him home. Yay. So <laughs> that is how Count Dooku, Lord Tyrannus of the Sith, <coughs> became the little shit that lives with me and muted my microphone just now. So that's what made me moist is my new roommate. For a moment, I thought you said that Jake jumped up. <laughs> that Jake did what? <laughs> that he was watching the lights in the battle and he was ducking into the joke. Wow, he's really into it. <laughs> I mean, I only date guys that like Star Wars, you know? Like yeah. first date questions. How many siblings? <laughs> What's your job? Uh, do you like Star Wars? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like... Uh, how's your life been? What do you earn? Have you ever heard the story About of the Vegas, the Vegas, the <laughs> You should write a memoir for your cat and call it Dooku Kitty Found. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> that would be very cute. Twice the turds, double the four. Um, <laughs> not anymore, though. He's not smelly anymore. Yay. Um, as for me, what made me moist? Yeah, I had a few little cool little things. Had John Baker put me in his Instagram. Which is cool. <laughs> I don't want to brag. Um, we had uh, a Richard E. Grant liked my tweet on Christmas, which was nice. That was cool. Um, <laughs> I just like the idea of him at like a like a fireplace with a Christmas tree in the background. Him going, ha, that's great. And tap dancing in heels while he <laughs> what is doing like. <laughs> <laughs> I found the spy. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, and also, um, we were, I think people were sharing their celebration memories. And I mentioned the fact that one of my favorite memories was um, 
sending Daniel that message during the video game panel and having basically David F., uh, David Collins, Sam Witwer, Janina Kavanka, uh, and Daniel Logan, and Anthony Carboni all sort of being like, Charlie! That was awesome. <laughs> and then David Collins responded and said that that moment was one of the best of celebration. Yes! <laughs> oh, it just, just made me feel I know, so, like a lot of stormtroopers just thanked me back there. So. <laughs> Yeah, it's one of those one of those little cool little moments where you know it all just feels good. But that's and always oh sorry, for any, oh, really quickly, just for anyone who didn't know, David Collins is specifically the stormtrooper who gets shot in the eye by Lando and Pisana. I did not know that. And there we go, star of the movie. He's also <laughs> every single stormtrooper in Fallen Order, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which I love. Um, but yeah, I think that's all we've got time for. This is another long episode, so bear with. We've Sorry, got all guys. our tross out, tross out of the way. I think. I hope so. It's not as long as three hours, so almost get in there. Uh, but yeah, but that's all we've got time for this week. Um, if you want to follow us on Twitter, you just follow us on at Imp Senate Pod uh, on Facebook. Just search for the Imperial Senate Podcast. We're on there. T Public. We've got a cool new design out. We mentioned it last week. We des- we've designed it. We've made it. We've printed it nikki's got it already mm-hmm. um and that's our space slut shirt whoop, whoop, space sluts. And it's high quality if you've always dreamed of oscar isaac's face on your chest then this is the time i mean i have i'll personally vouch for that <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i'm straight but i have also <laughs> yep um so yeah you can, get that, you can get it as a sticker you can get it as a tote bag you can get it as a wall like a big thing on your wall Tap- a tapestry i think it they label it as, which is cool. I don't know why you'd want that in your living room, but do, do it. We'll say I no. do. I got a lot of wall space. I have a new apartment. That'd be great. You just put that Giant up. space um, sluts. <laughs> so we've got that up. We've got our Patreon. Go to patreon.com and search for the Imperial Senate Podcast. We've also got our website. And we've also got, our, as we mentioned at the beginning of the episode, our Discord, which is where we'll try to be most of the time. I think we're going to try and utilize that the most we can and sort of move over there. Um, I know I'll be probably on there the most because I'm a loser who uses Discord all the time. Unless you're, you like using Discord, that you're not a loser. Just Charlie. <laughs> Just me. <laughs> Especially if you're a patron, you're not a, you're not a loser. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, guys, the best. you know what I mean. I'm making I'm making the worst jokes. So even losing my my bad jokes. Just go over that. It could be worse. We also spend a lot of time talking about Grease too, <laughs> like a natural <laughs> amount of time talking about Grease too. The Star Wars Discord. Chris, if you're listening, fuck you. Chris, Grease Two is the best, and you should watch it. I plead the fifth on this uh, one. You agree, right? I plead the fifth on this one. I very firmly plead no. the fifth. You have to. You have to answer the I'm question. I'm staying out of this. Remember this conversation we had earlier about like disagreeing respectfully. I want to choose to do that. <laughs> Yeah, but I'm a liar. <laughs> no, no, I, I, I respect your opinion, and Claire does agree with me. Thank you. And uh, that's all we've got time for this week. Um, so I think we have to say goodbye. Goodbye, everyone. Until next time. Have a pleasant evening, and may the force be with you always. Happy birthday to me. Happy birthday, Charlie. <laughs>
<laughs> Bye, everyone. <laughs> Bye. Bye. See ya. this out Ben edit out the awkward silence and the cat meowing oh Jesus sorry edit this out too Ben uh, the cat was on my lap and then when he jumped off of my lap to eat some kibble he yanked my headphone out of my ear so that's what that noise was